When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back for another Celtic season. Back for another season of Causeway Streets broadcast. My name is Joe Sway. I'm joined by Joel. And there's plenty to talk about tonight as the Celtics kick off their season opener at the TD Garden against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I'm excited, for one, just that Celtics basketball is back because it seems like the longest offseason that we've had in a while. Two, I'm excited to see how good this team is going to be this season, Joel. And I think they're going to be pretty surprising, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, the first time in six years that the uh, Celtics didn't make the playoffs. So their season ended really early. And we were just waiting, waiting and waiting for the draft, the draft lottery, the uh, NBA draft, training camp. And now the season's underway and I can't wait. Me neither, Joel. We got the uh, return of Ray John Rondo, which is kind of put on hold right now. Not for too long, though, as uh, the star point guard said that he's 79% ready to return to the court. We have our two rookies in Marcus Smart and uh, James Young that I'm excited about this season. And also we have the uh, progression of Jared Sullinger. Really excited to see what this guy can do this season. I think it's going to be his breakout year. And after seeing him in the preseason, he's he's – He's been proving me right. I think uh, he's, a, he's a player to, to keep an eye on, not for just as a Celtics player, but as someone in the league. Yeah, he picked up right where he left off last year. Uh, he's lost some weight. Uh, it would be good to see him lose a little bit more. But, you know, he's worked on his game offensively. His uh, shot, especially from behind the arc, has gotten really better. Uh, he doesn't just depend on that shot. He can take it to the hoop now more than I, see, than I saw last year. He's confident, you know, in the paint. And I like his, um, his obviously, his rebounding is, like, the number one thing, I think, that's going to make him the player that we're all expecting him to see when he came out of college. Throughout the preseason, Sully led the, led the uh, Celtics in points, rebounds, and three points made. Now, I know a lot of people cringe when they talk, when they, when they see Sully jacking up those threes, but he's been making them at a high rate throughout those uh, preseason games. And I think it's something that is... It's, going to be add to his arsenal, and it's not necessarily going to be a bad thing as long as he's getting those rebounds, and of course he is because he's, uh, he's leading the team in rebounding. So, But it's, it's something that I, at first I, was, you know, I, wasn't, I didn't agree with when, when we saw him doing it last season, but I'm starting to get used to it. Well, he's picking his spots. It's not like he's coming down the court and he's a trailer and then like, he gets the ball and he just chucks up a three. Right. He's not thinking three the entire way exactly, up, up the court. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, right. I think, but I think what he – has improved on when it comes to his three-point shot is he's got a better form, he's got a better release, and he knows when to take it. And he's very confident in his shot now. It wasn't like, I think last year he was he was uh, testing it, seeing if, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you heard of a, a, a quote he had a couple of days ago when um, they were down against, the, the first time he played against the Brooklyn Nets, he was like, I think last year this team would have just, like, bowed out. Mm-hmm. But this year, you know, we're fighting and stuff like that. So I think last year he was like, 
no one has any big expectations of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just work on my shot in the middle of games, obviously in practice and when I'm when I have free time. But now he's like, I'm serious now. I'm, mm-hmm. I want to become a three point shooter. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna just force my way. I'm gonna actually take my take my time, pick my spots. And, and work on my craft as a three-point shooter to add to my arsenal. And Sully isn't the only Celtics player who's shooting threes. This team is, you know, on paper, I, I didn't realize how much of a three-point shooting team this, the, the, the Celtics are, but throughout the preseason, man, you look at most of the uh, lineups that Brad Stevens puts out on the floor, four or even five out of five of those players, they can shoot the three. Well, even you got even Bass. that like, He's been attempting a, a few shots, and, and, and he's always been a good mid-range shooter, so he's stepping it back a little bit, and... I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but he's not afraid to take those shots. And you have Marcus Smart, who's not afraid to shoot. Bradley, obviously, is, I think he might become the Celtics' best three-point shooter this year. You have you have James Young. Marcus you Thornton, too. Marcus Thornton, mm-hmm. obviously, coming off the bench. And there's a few there's a few options for the Celtics when it comes to you know last-second shots or you know someone that can keep somebody in the game. They can keep the Celtics into the game late in the late in the fourth quarter or. You know, make it the difference of being down four with like a minute left to being down one because then Brian Stevens is able to make a quick play for for a three point shot and he he has a lot of options. Who what? How good is the Celtics team? How how are they going to rank up in, in the Eastern Conference against these other teams? I think. The what Celtics, do you think? I think the Celtics can battle for a playoff spot. To be honest, um, a lot of outlets like ESPN, Sports Illustrated have them ranked really low, like you know below tenth, and in terms of them not going anywhere and not really they shouldn't battle for a playoff spot and they should trade Rondo and really really just start from scratch and just go with the full on youth movement but Danny Danny says he's not going to trade Rondo and Rondo wants to be part of the rebuilding and players like veterans like uh, Gerald Wallace want they want to be part of the rebuilding and this team seems more motivated this year than a year ago. Jeff Green, if, if his potential is reached this year, he can be an all-star. And I think that this team can battle for like an eighth, eighth seed. And that would be, I think, an, an, an achievement. I think down the stretch, they're going to be battling in the month of April. The month of April is going to be very key for this team. And you're gonna, it's going to be sort of similar to the Phoenix Suns last year, where no one expected them to go anywhere. And with a new coach, this is Brad Stevens' second year. And you can tell he's aggressive. You can tell he's he's more assertive. He's more vocal. Right. Like he wants to do well this year. He's not. It's not about. It's, it's still a rebuilding year, but it's not about draft picks. It's not about tanking, quote unquote. And his team is buying in. Yeah, that's the that's, the, that's, that's a, the key. That's what's showing the most, I think, that's out the of these guys. You know, you there's obviously there's a lot of youth on this team, but when you have you know that that much when your when your team is that young, sometimes that's the hardest part to have your to have your team buy into what you're what you're preaching. And I think that every single one of them is buying into Brad Stevens. You know, the majority of the roster has returned from last season, which is makes it easier for them to buy in. But when you have new guys who who jump on, who who who've, who've been added on, you know, veterans who you know necessarily don't want to be in the situation, they're starting to buy in and they're starting to believe in this team. You know, I, I see Marcus Thornton comes in and and it, to me it looks like. Brad Stevens gives someone like Marcus Thornton and, and Gerald Wallace like motivation in a way to, to, to go out there and just do do their thing, play the way they want to, and let the game come to them. And, and you know, everyone around them kind of follows their lead. And I think that they've, they've done a real good job of, of, um, of leading the, the, uh, the young, the, the youth, you know. Um, but one thing I was going to say, you know, to get back to uh, talking about the Celtics competing in the Eastern Conference is one thing I wanted to add is that people, you know, 
they they think the Celtics are going to do so poorly, but they don't. They forget to to mention how weak the Eastern Conference actually is. I don't think the Eastern Conference got any better than last year. No, it didn't. It it's didn't. The same players that are still here. Melo didn't go out west like people thought he would. Both New York teams have a possibility of making the playoffs. Brooklyn more so than than New York. Uh, you have Toronto. That's they're they're going to be the same I think than last year. I don't think they've improved. Drastically, right? Yeah. Which will, the, which means they'll win the division. Yeah, you know, they'll and probably win the division. Of course, we're talking about the the weakest division possible. You know, probably of, of all time. Some people say yeah, the Atlantic I division. One, I think one through four. When you're talking about seating wise, you have Chicago, Cleveland, Washington, and Toronto. I think from five down, it's a toss up. I'm not saying that these teams like Miami are definitely not going to make the playoffs, or Indiana, or Hell, even even Detroit, Detroit. You never know with, with Detroit with a new coach. They're they're making moves and they're they're serious. They're tired of you know their playoff drought and it's been what five years since like oh nine since you know the you know, the Rasheed Wallace days and the Rip Hamilton. Like they want they want they want to go somewhere. They want they want to see results in Motown. So with the Celtics, it's not. I don't think it's out of the question. Everyone just assumes that this is another quote unquote tanking year. And let Rondo go, let him go to a contender or, or another or, or a championship bound team, and, and let's just start all over. And it's like, but how do you start all over with the talent that's not that's on this team? This this team is a talented team on paper. Mm-hmm. This team is a lot deeper than they were last year. And they're too talented to tank. Yeah, I think that's at this point is not the question. I think it's more about how good can this team be to sort of convince Rondo to stay, to, to give him hope that, that this is a place where that where he can, you know, eventually compete for an Eastern Conference championship or, or make his way back to the to the NBA Finals even, you know, two, three years down the road. Are they a player away from that? Yes, they are. They're, but They're a big man. They're an all-star big man away from that. And when you add a, when you add a, a, a caliber player with veteran – Experience like an Evan Turner, who's like probably the most versatile player on this team right now. He can play the play the one, he can play the two, he can play the three. He even played a little bit of four in preseason. He can dribble, he can pass, he can score, he can rebound. This when you add someone like that of that kind of caliber, why would you think that this team can couldn't succeed, quote unquote, in some sort of in some way? This team won twenty five games last year. And you have, you have ESPN or Sports Illustrated, you know, have them at the bottom of the league in terms of how they're going to finish the year. So there's some people even have them worse than last year. So they can't win 25 games this year. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I'm call me the eternal optimist when it comes to when I see talent and I see a team that wants that that's that wants to succeed. We're not saying a championship team. But I think they can be a playoff team, and I think. And in the East, as 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 uh, weak as the East is, thirty-seven games got Atlanta into the playoffs last year, and they were one game away from beating the top-seeded team. So, twenty-five wins. You, I'd say this team can win between ten to fifteen more games this year, and that can get you in the playoffs in the East. So we're talking about twenty-five plus. Ten is thirty-five. Joel's getting his calculator up. Between like, yeah. So I'm talking between like 30, 38 to forty wins. Like, is that really? That's not. That's not unreasonable 
38 to 40? Or 38, 38, to, 38 to 40 wins. Like, oh, okay. I think it's a 38 to 48. Okay, no, yeah, no, yeah. 38 to 40. All right. Between 38 right. and 40 wins. That's, 15, that's 10 to 15 more games that they would have won last year. And depending on how the Knicks finish or the Pistons or who else? The Nets. Mm-hmm. The Hawks, because the Hawks are always there. All right, I'm gonna the I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say I'm gonna this is my prediction. I'm gonna say 35 to 40. And when I say that, I'm I'm thinking about 37, 38 wins. Is that enough to get them in the playoffs? It could, it could. But and then you, you can't forget. But but this is the only reason why I'm I'm not willing to go as high as you are. Okay, this this is the one reason I think oh, when you have a team like this. That's my range though. No more than forty. No more than forty. No okay. Than 40. All right. Yeah, okay. I'm saying like the the thirty five to forty win range. Right All there. Right. right there. And that's not. And even if they don't make the playoffs, that's a hell of a big improvement yeah. from the year before. I think the biggest problem with this Celtics team going to be this season is closing out games. I think they're going to have because they're most of these players that they're not they're not used to being in those late game situations. You yeah. know, being the go to guy. Yeah. Um, Evan Turner has a little bit of experience of that when he was in Philadelphia. I think that he had there was a, a few games even against the Celtics where I remember him. You know. Um, Kind of getting the ball at the end of the game. Not, uh, I wouldn't say they drew up a play for him, but he was, you know, one one player that they, they looked to go to in those last, you know, minute minute and a half or so, just for quick buckets or or for, or for someone that can get to the free throw line. Uh, I think he's he's somebody that could be um, an option at the end of games. He might not be a starter when I see him start the games, but he could be someone that will finish the games depending how good he's playing. You know, night to night. Um, of course, you have Ray John Rondo. I think Rondo is obviously going to get. Um, the majority of the chances to finish games, whether he's going in or whether he's, um, you know, set, even setting somebody up. Um, Jeff Green, of course, we saw him do it last season. He did a, he did did a couple times. You know, one obviously the one that stands out the most is in Miami. Um, the late game shots. If the Celtics need a three really late, look for you know Marcus Thorne. But again, when you, when we're saying these names, we're, we're not saying uh, you know there's no. Closer, quote unquote. So they're, they're gonna struggle to finish some some of those games. Kind like a clutch kind of guy. Right, right. So that with that, be, that with that be, being said, that could be somebody in the making though. Yeah, right. Be, but in order for that to be, you know, for that player to, to get that experience, that they're gonna miss a couple of those shots. No, probably, so yeah. they're gonna they're, they're gonna fall before they succeed. Right. But it's all part of part of the. So I'm looking process. for a handful. I'm looking at a handful of losses that way, and the other way I would say is you know uh, blowing a lead late in the late in the you know. Third quarter or the, or the the beginning starting a fourth quarter. Let's say something's up by like you know twelve going to the fourth quarter, and the opponent goes you know goes on a ten to two run, and then Southern can't recover, and then before you know it, four three minutes left in the game, Southern's are down by eight, and then pretty much the game's done. Like well, that kind of situation. It's good that you bring that up. I think well at least what we at least what I saw in the, in the well we saw it in the preseason. No, Even I, that we no, saw no, the bowl leads. I saw, but we, I I saw better defense though. And that's what Brad Stevens is looking for. I saw, like, great on-ball defense from Marcus Thornton, Avery Bradley. Hell, I even saw uh, Smart doing his thing in terms of, like, he'll lose. He would I lose was the just going to say that. He would lose the ball Man. and go right and steal it back. People who, out of all the Southern, when you're talking one-on-one defense, he's he impressed me the most looking at him play. Because he has some games where I think it was, I want to say, the second-to-last preseason game. Or the last one against Brooklyn, where um, he didn't shoot the ball well, but man, I think it was one of his best games of the preseason because he's he his, his, his on the ball defense was on point. His uh, distributing, which I love the way he distributes the ball, and um, 
again, back to his uh, his defense. His uh, what was I gonna say? His pick and roll defense. He he's smart and you know, no pun intended. He's smart in getting over that defender, and he's he did a really good job doing that. I think that's that's probably the best part of his game is his one on one defense, and that's something that is gonna get better throughout this first season, throughout his rookie season. Yeah, and the shots will come. Um, he's confident in taking them, even you know when he, he's made he's you know, shot up a couple of air balls, but he, he's right back. He doesn't get flustered. <laughs> I love how he claps his hands together. Yeah. He's just like, okay, all right, he's got like, that out of my right. system. He got that out of the way. He bounces he's, a little bit. You know. <laughs> next next play. He right. did it more than a couple of times, right? On to the next one. Right. Next. Can't can't dwell on that. You can't put your head down. You can't look at the coach like, damn, I'm out. Like he's gonna take me out now. Right. It's a wrap. Right. No, he's got that confidence, and he's gonna keep shooting. He's gonna become a better shooter. But I like the way he distributes. I like the way he takes it to the rim. He's strong. That dude is just strong. That dude is a beast in terms of his body size, and that's what that's what makes him a good defender too. Because he he can guard like up to like small forward position. So that's just another example of someone that the good, the good things that I saw in preseason. He's strong too. He's yeah, strong. he's built. Yeah. That dude is strong. He is. Well, a couple of days ago, Joel posted a, um, a progress report. It was a report card for, for, the, uh, for the roster, for the preseason performance. And um, one thing I have to say that stood out to me the most, Joel, was uh, what you had to say about Avery Bradley. Um, I, I think I was, you know, one of the few people who, who were um, excited that he came, that, you know, that he was able to re-sign with the Celtics. But when I say that, I don't mean like people didn't want Avery Bradley in Boston anymore, but a lot of people didn't necessarily agree with how much money he was going to make. Um, I think when you look at all the other free agents, that were out there and then they got signed, you know, ridiculous contracts. One that stood out the most is Jody Meeks. You know, this guy, made, I think he signed for, what, about $8 million a season? So that just shows you right there. I, I think it's safe to say that Avery Bradley is, is a little better than Jody Meeks, a little more valuable than Jody Meeks. Well, so his, when his you look at... This is what makes him valuable. Right, right. But let's just be honest. Overall, he's just a better player than Jody Meeks. So I of think course. that Jody Meeks sort of set the bar at, you know, how much a shooting guy was going to make. And someone like Avery Bradley, I think, was worth the money. Well, it was fool's, I really do. It was fool's gold with Jody Meeks last year because he was, I think, the second leading scorer on, the, on a bad Lakers team last year. Mm-hmm. He got he got burned because Kobe didn't play. He got he got the minutes because Kobe wasn't playing, and he was any average career high and and three point shots and points in general. But he doesn't play a lick of defense. Right. Avery Bradley has always played defense. Now he's able to shoot, and now he's able to be a three point right. threat. So he's adding those things. Exactly. So like, so what I was gonna say about your article was you said that um, you you could you wouldn't be surprised if he if he led the team in scoring. Yes. Which I think is a, it's a strong pro- possibility. I I see him and Jared Sullinger being the the two leading scorers this season. Yeah. Um, when it comes to leading the team in, in, in points, Green, Bradley, Sully, those three, those three can go off at any moment. And now that Sully has added that that the three, the three point shot. To his arsenal, you have the opportunity to score big in, in, in tight situations. Mm-hmm. And Bradley Bradley is developing into probably the team's best three point shooter right now. I think you know you can see Thorin. He's instant offense. Thorin comes in the game and he's he's that guy that like will just when you need points right away, he's in. He's it's, it's just instant offense. So. With Bradley, Bradley can average. He averaged what, fifteen points last year or fourteen point nine? Right. He can he can easily average fifteen points. Right. Yeah, he can e- he can easily average eighteen points this year or more between eighteen to nineteen points a game, just based on his shooting. And he's got to stay healthy. But I think, I think that uh, you know, last year was different from the year before. The year before he was coming back from double sh- shoulder surgery, and last year he tweaked his ankle and it just mm-hmm. was 
taking a while. To, he came back before it was, you know, he wanted to come back early. So, but I think this year he's ready. He's ready to take it to the next level. I think those three are definitely going to be the top three scorers. Um, again, Sollinger, I think, will lead this team in scoring. I think uh, Bradley will be second. I think Jeff Green will, will dip down to third, but it'll be in a good way. I think uh, Jeff Green's 17 points per game last season was uh, was a bit inconsistent. Um, there was some nights where I've even written about it before. He, he, he scored 30-plus points, 37 points. The next game, he scored about six. I think the lack of consist- the uh, consistency will – We'll see that side of Jeff Green this season, but his points will take a dip only because of players like um, players like Avery Bradley stepping it up, players like Sonja stepping it up, and I think someone like Evan Turner, who might be coming off the bench, could be you know a, a, a great option for the Celtics. And I think I could see him putting up about 12, 13 points a game, and um, Jeff Green probably falls somewhere in the middle, takes a slight dip, maybe down to fourteen points a game. But like I said, a more consistent fourteen points per game, um, a, a, someone who who won't have some as that much pressure on him like he did last season, and somebody who I think is going to be uh, uh, an option late in games and, and someone who's going to, again, just be consistent. Because that's just that's what I want the most from Jeff, man. I just want some consistency, Uncle Jeff. Man. I'm, trust me, Jeff, I, you, you frustrated the hell out of me sometimes last season, but I'm on your side, man. I think you're a good ball player. I think you, you're wicked talented, man. He's, he's someone that I think is the only person stopping Jeff Green is stop is Jeff Green. You know, I, I, KG said it two years ago when he when he was still on the team. He said that's the only person who is stopping Jeff Green is Jeff Green. And I just I just want some consistency, man. Whether it's if you give me thirteen a night, fourteen a night, it's fine. But just give me that consistency. Give me that sense of belief that that you know late in games that, that if you're you know once you start going, you're not going to just turn it off. Or or if you start going off and you, and you finish a game with twenty six points, the next the next game you're not going to drop seven. You know, like that's all I want from this guy at this point. All right, two that's things. all you can ask for. Two things with Jeff Green, in my opinion. Um, you think you, wait? You said wicked, huh? You so you think he's wicked pissed? He could be a wicked pissed. <laughs> I did say wicked. I wasn't gonna say it, but that's how that's how riled up I am right now, man. I Jeff, I, I know you can do it, man. I know you can be consistent, I man. I thought I had a wicked in there, but <laughs> threw it things, in there. Threw wicked things, in there. Yeah, two things with Jeff. <laughs> in order for him to be consistent, he needs consistency in the point guard position. Think about it. Ah, uh, so it's Rondo's fault. No, I'm not it's saying it's Rondo's, Rondo's fault that he wasn't Rondo's he wasn't fault. consistent last season. I'm not saying it's Rondo's fault. I'm just saying he went from in 2013 when Rondo went down, right? He became a starter. Who was distributing the ball to him? Paul Pierce. A little bit of Jason Terry. Right. A little bit of uh, Courtney Lee. Yeah, so it was right. like a like three point guards in one. Right. The following year, Rondo comes back halfway through the season. Before that, who was distributing the ball to him? Jordan Crawford, Avery Bradley, who else? That's you know when Rondo came back, Rondo wasn't playing consistent minutes. They were just trying to have him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This year, right? So far in the preseason, you have Evan Turner, you have Marcus Smart, those two guys, and now with Rondo coming back, Rondo. When Rondo plays with Jeff Green, I don't know if you noticed last year, Jeff Green feels more free. Jeff Green is always on the opposite end. Of a crazy pass from Rondo, he finds he find he knows how to, he knows what Jeff Green is. So now this year, Rondo's probably going to start. You know, talking about seventy nine percent. Now I think he bumped up to eighty three. I heard something. He said like, "Oh, I'm up to eighty three percent now." Twenty four hours later, you heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Rondo's 80, up to eighty three percent. Eighty three percent. Let's go. <laughs>
God, so God, means, I hope I see Ronda tonight. That means, I really do, man. Oh, by the way, FYI, College Street will be in the building tonight. Look for oh, us. Oh, you stole my thrill, man. I was going to say Look it. I was going to say it at the end. I had to say it. Look for us. Causeway Street will be around. Interactive with fans. We want to see you guys go go nuts. Picture. We're going to be on Instagram, Twitter. But I digress. Back to Jeff Green. <laughs> Back to Jeff Green. He will be an all-star this year. I'm calling it. Oh, man. I'm calling You're it. calling it already? Calling no, it. no, no, no. He will no. be an all-star this year. It's too he, tough, man. It's too tough. I'll, he averaged 16.9, 17 points last year, right? It's a tough you position. Say gonna, you say he's going to take a dip. I, I think he takes a dip. I yeah. think he stays the same. Okay. Points-wise. That's why I think Bradley could possibly lead this team in scoring, and it's only like a one or two-point difference. All right. But Jeff Green stays the same at the, at those points, but it won't be like 30 points one night, 8 points the next. No, no, no. It'd be like... 17. That's all I want, man. 20. That's all I want. Heck, he could give me he could give me 13 points a night. As long as it's consistent. As long as it's every night. That's what I want to see. But you have he's not gonna be relying just on Ronald to get him the rock. You got Turner. Those two together, Turner and Green in the on the floor at the same time, it's gonna be ridiculous to see because those two have similar games. They could get to the hoop. But Jeff Green, why you know why he's gonna be consistent? Because he's gonna get to the free throw line. He can get to the free throw line anytime he wants to. Whenever he, he wants to. Whenever he wants to. Right. But he can't be afraid to. He can't be afraid to get hit. He can't be afraid to yeah. get hit. And that's why his points totals are going to be the same because the free throws. So you heard it here first. Green Crash is going to help him. He said it. Joe Wallace said it. And all right. Make you an all star. It's recording. It's on. It's on record. It's on record. <laughs> I think. Honestly, I think if. if Anyone surprised anyone with an with an all star appearance from the Celtics? It'll be Jared Sullinger. Man, I'm really excited to see this kid. Um, before we get out of here, I was gonna, you know, we're just gonna talk Sully for a few minutes here. Um, man, this guy can rebound. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not finished. This guy has been scoring his butt off, and this is this is someone who's you know Stevens hasn't gone nuts with the minutes yet throughout the preseason. This is someone that was doing all this in about 25 minutes per game. 19 rebounds one game. The, the last two games, the last two preseason, preseason games, he combined for nearly, what, 40? Uh, I don't know if I'm trying no, to think he here. Had, he, com- he, had, he had 20 rebounds. 20 rebounds was the big night, right? And then the, the and then last. The next time he played, he had 17 rebounds. 17 rebounds. He used to, I, thought, I, thought, I thought Steve was going to keep him in the game to try to go to 25. Right. But he had 15 points, 17 rebounds. So, like, and just, two, just, just those two Those two preseasons. But, oh, okay. Nearly 40 rebounds, two games. A lot of people would say, okay, yeah, it was a preseason game. You're playing, you know, the Atlantic Division, the worst division in the NBA. This dude has the softest hands I've seen since Antoine Walker. Okay? I know a lot of people might not be big fans of Antoine Walker, but he had good hands. He did have good hands, yeah. He had good hands. Right. And the only difference between Antoine Walker, you know, conditioning, they could be the same because, Mm -hmm. you know, later on in his career, Antoine's kind of let himself go. Right, right. But with Solinger, his back is what has been an issue in terms of his conditioning. Mm-hmm. So, he comes back from back injury, from back surgery, sorry, and he's a, he, he can be a, he can average double-double easily. He can he can average 13 and 10, 15 and 10 if he wanted to. And on, on any given night. Mm-hmm. And we were all well, Southern Nation was all up in arms when Kevin Love went to Cleveland, but this dude can be this is our Kevin Love. This dude can be the next. This, Kevin this Love. is exactly this is exactly what I was getting to. <laughs> when I said the shooting, the rebounding, um, the only difference I think I see in Sully is I see a, I see a more of a sense of urgency on the other end of the floor. I see someone who's who's you know shooting a three or, or, or getting a rebound, a putback, and is running back to the other side of the floor and sticking to his defender. And that's something 
that Kevin Love is not. He's not when it comes to defense. He isn't exactly the yeah no exactly you know That's, the big think, man yeah, exactly. that think, the ideal big man quote unquote to to you know defend down low. I think Sully is. The thing is, that's the Sully, difference. I think the thing with Sully though is that he has a hard time moving side to side. That's his like kryptonite. Can't move side to side, but he can get from the he can get from the top of the key to the paint real quick. For someone who you know could could still lose a few more pounds, hell, I could lose a few more pounds too. But I'm not in the NBA, so. But Sully can rebound, and he's the best offensive rebounder on his team. He'll get your second chance opportunity every time. And he's a he's a he's a he's a good passer too. No one talks about that, but mm-hmm. he's a good passer down low. Yeah, if you're cutting to the hoop, he'll find you. That's the number one guy I'm excited to see this season. And it all starts tonight, guys. Boston Celtics against the Brooklyn Nets at TD Garden tonight at seven thirty. Can't wait to see him, man. Can't wait to see KG. What, what do you got for for a prediction? Who uh, who who goes off tonight? Who wins? All that, all that good stuff. It's gonna be rocking at the TD Garden for all yes. the crazy Celtics fans that Can't have been waiting wait. for this season to come back. And it won't be the uh, like a year ago. Like, oh, I wonder. I wonder what this team has this year. Like, who's that guy? When you see, I remember I went. I, we were we were at the first game, the home, first home game mm-hmm. against the uh, the Bucks. Like, right. who the, when will we ever play a team like that in the first in the first game? It already smelled like a rebuilding yeah, year, it right? Just, right. It just, you know, like everyone was, I just hear people behind people that were sitting behind us was like, "Who's that guy? Wait, who's this guy? Are they, where, right. who, who are these people?" Like, no. This time around, I think. Celtics fans will know who this team is in terms of the personnel that have come in. You're going to see a more active Brad Stevens. You're going to, I think, I think who goes off tonight is going to be, I think, I think the bench, mm-hmm. Evan Turner, the Marcus Thornton, because they're, they're the newcomers, the ones that, that mm-hmm. Marcus, the Marcus uh, Smarts, those guys. Because if Rondo does start, 83% guys, I mean, you never know, you never know, but 83% is pretty good. If, if Rondo comes back, then Smart comes off the bench. But those three guys off the bench, like I just mentioned, Turner, Bat, no, not Bat, I'm sorry, Turner, Marcus Thorin, Thorin, and Smart. Those three guys, they're excited to be here. Right. They're excited to be here. So who starts? Smart, if, if, if Rondo's out. If Rondo's out, Smart starts. Smart starts, right? Smart starts. I agree. If he's out, Smart starts. Stevens already said it. So I'm excited for those three guys. Um, obviously, you got Bradley, who's who's been here. Fan favorite. You got Jeff Green, who's got something to prove this year as well. And you got Sully. But those are the starters. We've seen a lot of them. But I think the bench is going to make the most noise for this game. They're the ones that are going to keep the Celtics in this game. And remember, in the, the, in, in the, the last preseason game, Joe Johnson was out for the Nets. Darrell, Darrell Williams was out. And KJ was out. So that makes a difference. So it's going to be a closer game. It's going to be a good game. I wish this game was nationally televised, but hell. Yeah. Who wants to see that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to see the rebuilding Celtics against the the old, you know, Brooklyn Nets? No, but I think that I think it's going to be a very good game. We've come a long way in terms of in terms of uh, where where we saw this team a year ago to now. Yeah, no one's talking championship, but I think I think you can sneak into the playoffs. I think you can sneak into the playoffs. That would be progress, right? Definitely progress. Check us out on our CausewayStreetBlog.com for all your uh, recent news, rumors, and opinions. You can hit us up on Twitter. Follow us. You know, we're getting up there in followers. We've been pretty good this offseason of uh, capturing more followers, so we appreciate that. 
Uh, follow us on Instagram. Both Instagram and Twitter handles are at Causeway Street. And you can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Causeway Street blog. And you got anything else to add there, Swayze? You said it all, man. This has been the uh, our Causeway podcast tip-off show. Oh, and also follow us to hear our podcast. Follow <laughs> That's us right. on uh, SoundCloud, backslash Causeway Street. In case you want to hear this again, which you're already <laughs> listening to, right? Right. Celtics, Nets, TD Garden, 730. Who's going? Season begins. Who's going? Who's going? Y'all got to be there. <laughs> you heard it here. Causeway Street blog. We'll see you guys later.